and I'm obsessed with this new podcast thing that you're doing. I'm like, I, I it's love so it. fun, right? It's amazing. I'm like, I love the best doing it. Time. It's amazing. I feel like I get so many questions about skincare and injectables, and I don't really. Know, I mean, I know what I you know what you do, like, right, and I do, exactly. but I don't know what the right answer is for most people. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In-House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In-House with me, Arielle Charnas. Recently, I've talked about how I've found a new routine to better take care of my skin, which is something I know is important to many of my listeners. With that in mind, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Marnie Nussbaum to the show. Dr. Nussbaum is a board-certified dermatologist specializing in a non-invasive aesthetic rejuvenation. Dr. Nussbaum has received numerous awards and accolades for her work, including being selected as one of New York's super doctors. Using a wide variety of the most clinically advanced and cutting-edge tools combined with her artistry techniques and injectables, Dr. Nussbaum's goal is not only to correct any signs of aging, but to reset your skin's course to evolve as naturally and gracefully and youthfully as possible. Hi, Dr. Nussbaum. I'm so excited that you're here. So let's tell everyone first just a little bit about yourself and your career and what drew you to become a dermatologist. Sure. So I loved science my whole life. Like I was a super dork my whole life, loved reading, loved studying, but I also really loved people. Like my mom, like she loves to talk to people and help people and I just loved it. So um, it was natural for me. I'm like, I'm going to be a doctor. And the more I learned about the skin, how it was the biggest organ of the body, and it really is a window into what's going on inside your body, I became fascinated by it. I loved that um, it protects you from the external world, but it also, you know, is shows signs of what's going on inside from rashes to autoimmune things to skin cancer, obviously. Um, it's really just, it gives you clues as to what's happening on the inside. And so I just became fascinated by it. And I loved that when you find melanoma early, you save someone's life. I was just going to ask you, like, isn't melanoma easy? Not easy, but one of the... When you find it, it's so easy to cure. When you don't find it, it rapidly spreads. So the problem is... Is it possible to not find it, though? Absolutely. So there's so many people, including someone I went to school with last year, that um, passes pass away from melanoma because very many, like, few people get skin checks, especially when they're young, and no one really pays attention to it until they're older. And um, it's something that's so easy to cure when you find it early. So it's so important. Can we talk about why, I mean, just in general, why skincare is so important and at what age should you start taking care of your skin? I mean, obviously always, but right? Like when? Always. So I always, I mean, it's funny because we were just on vacation for spring break and I have two redheaded children. So they burn (laughs) in two seconds and I'm a dermatologist. So I understand the struggles of being a mom and getting like uh, sunscreen on your kids. But it is so important as children, like 80% of your sun damage is done before 18. So you need to be on top of your kids' skin. And it's just so important to instill in them um, what sun can do. And, you know, both, yes, I do aesthetics and skin cancer. So I got into aesthetics also because I loved fusing my love of art and science. So what I love about dermatologists, I do very serious things, but then very fun things that make people right. empower themselves and look better. So, but the sun at a young age, what it does is it can cause sun damage, which yes, makes you at much higher risk for skin cancer, but then also will break down your collagen elastin, giving you fine lines, wrinkles at an early age. So if someone, if I can't get them um, to be scared of the sun for skin cancer, I say, you're going to get 
like a lot of wrinkles in the fold. So, um, so, so listen to me that way. Um, and, and you'll save a lot of money on injectables and lasers later on. But it's super important at a young age to take care of your skin. So um, regarding sun protection, obviously, every two hours when you're outside and every day, even in the winter. But it's so hard for like as a parent, I'm like, I just slab it on in the morning and I don't look at them again with the sunscreen unless I see them getting red. It's so hard. So I always say is whatever they come to you, just put it on. Don't even think about it. Don't even think what time it is. Just, just put keep it putting on. it on. And people are always looking at me saying, are you judging me? What sunscreen I'm using? I'm like, absolutely not. The one you use is the one that will work. Right. So if you find one that your kids don't mind, then use it. It's better than what them not using something, you know? So there's so many sprays and lotions and creams and sticks. Whatever one that they will let you, let put, me on. put on exactly is the right one. Right. How does our skin change as we get older? So I was saying, sun protection, yes, when you're younger. And then also when you're younger, like in your late teens, you really need to start thinking about taking care of your skin in a different way. So cleansing, moisturizing. It's super important for that epidermal barrier to keep it young, to keep it rejuvenated, to keep the skin care and skin cells um, turning over. Really, when you're about age 30, you start to lose collagen at a rate of 1% to 2% per year. I know it's super, super depressing. So you really at age 30, you're like, slowing down. Okay. Your skin is like, we're going to slow down now. And then for women, that's about perimenopause. You lose 30% at once. So it goes from a slow decline to a rapid decline. It's like, it's really not funny. When's perimenopause? Like 50? It could be like even late 40s. I know. I'm 40. Okay. But I'm 40 and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. But you've probably been taking care of yourself like crazy. I have been, thank God. But like, but I have no, like I really have to do everything. I'm very religious. What injectable helps with the last, what is it, elastin? So elastin and collagen. So a lot of different things help with collagen and elastin. First and foremost, retinoids. They're the best form of protection to um, increase skin cell turnover and produce collagen and elastin. So using a retinol, a tretinoin, the vitamin A derivative is your best protection from that. What is a retinoid? Is it like, yeah. So like Retin-A, Tretinoin, any of those retinols, retinals, they're all called different things. They're all the same thing. It's a vitamin A derivative that increases skin cell turnover. Is it a serum? It could be a serum. It could be a cream. It could be a prescription. The ones over the counter, they can come in anything, anything that says with retinol. Right. We do get prescriptions in the dermatology office. And you can't use that when you're pregnant, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. You cannot use it if you're getting pregnant, pregnant, or breastfeeding. Why? We don't know, really, topically, if it can cause, you know, birth. But yes, oral definitely will cause birth defects. You cannot take it. So we just say don't use it topically because you can get into the bloodstream. We don't know how much is in the bloodstream. But it is the best thing for your skin to prevent fine lines, wrinkles, even out skin tone, increased collagen production, other things that are great for it. um, Certain fillers uh, will help increase collagen and elastin production. And then certain laser procedures will also increase collagen and elastin production and boost that um, skin cell turnover. Right. And for anyone that doesn't know, can you explain what an injectable is? Absolutely. So um, injectables are really neurotoxins like Botox. Everyone knows Botox the best because it's the first and like sort of the number one neurotoxin on the market now. Right. But there's other ones like Dysport, Xeom, and Juvo. But Botox is the most widely used. 
Botox temporarily weakens the muscles so that you don't make the fine lines and wrinkles in certain areas of your face. What fillers do, it's completely different, but they're all sort of under the umbrella of injectables. Fillers are basically substances, mostly hyaluronic acid-based, so it's like a natural substance in your body that volumizes and lifts certain areas of the face. So one's for the muscles to stop movement for the wrinkles, one's to volumize and lift. And just quickly, before we keep going to the next questions, back to Botox really fast because I know a lot of people want to know this. Yes. What's a good time to start? So I always – it's it's changed Everyone dramatically. Everyone asks that. I, I know. It's funny. So I always say – so I was 30 and we were in residency when we learned how to use Botox. So we were um, required by each other to do it on each other. I didn't right. even want it. I looked like 10 years old at the time. I'm like, I'm going to look like eight. But um, I came home to my husband and I'm, he's like, what would you do? Okay. He knew? I, he knew because we saw like – remember, we were learning on each other. So right. we saw like these Bruises. marks on my face. And I'm like, oh, I got Botox. Um, and I'll never forget that. But I thought I was so young. But now patients are coming earlier and earlier. And – and it's really like I wish looking back, I wish I started earlier only because once you start seeing those 11s, that's usually the first to come. Right. You already should have done it, meaning like we could have prevented those from forming if we started. But that being said, it's a fine line. You don't want to start yeah. too much too soon. If something's starting, nip it in the bud. If it doesn't bother you, don't. But like right. if it is, then do it. Right. The one thing I'll tell you is like by age 40, 45, it's really tough to go backwards. Um, like right. We can minimize those fine lines, but we can't take them away. But what about price? Like, it's expensive. Botox. It's expensive, for sure. Like, what so, is like a syringe? So Botox goes by units usually. I do, We go by areas or by units, depending upon where you get it done. Um, and so the price really varies, I would say, anywhere from like – you can get it at med spas for much less, like four fifty to a couple of thousand right. dollars. And I mean, it really, you're paying for expertise. You're paying for, you know, knowing what you're getting because there's a couple yeah. uh, different neurotoxins out there. And also making sure, you know, properly mi- mixed, um, things like that. Right. So there's definitely a range of prices of where you get it done geographically, et cetera. But um, I always say it's your face. So the one thing I wouldn't discount is your body and your face. So get it's shoes true. and bags discounted, not your face. Yeah, so. it's so true. <laughs> well, how did we meet? How did we I don't even... Is it Mitchell or and, or that was after? I th- you know what? It must have been Mitchell. So, well, first of all, your cousin Candace was my first friend in life. Yep. Like, we grew up together for, like, a few years, and then she moved, and I missed her, but we reconnected at Riverdale. (laughs) And then Mitchell is, like, the love of my life. We share office space. Mitchell's Brandon's dad, just in case anyone doesn't know. So we have become, like, besties, Mitchell and I, Friday friends, and um, we he's just – he's amazing. So he introduced me to Nancy, who's amazing, and then I found you and Brandon. So her and Mitchell work in a... It's a, yep, it's a wellness center in East Hampton. So I do dermatology and it's really my own practice within their practice and it's his own practice within their practice. So we share space. Right. Um, but he does all the dentistry and cosmetic dentistry and I do um, skincare and cosmetics, but all our patients knew each other. It was so organic and we have so much fun together and it's always fun, you know, when you're having fun at work. So I started seeing Marnie and, you know, I do think it's a, it's, it says a lot what your dermatologist's face looks like with the work. I agree. Well, it's true. Like I I would be afraid to go to a dermatologist that looked like she had done too much filler or just crazy lit. Like 
I always thought that you looked so beautiful and natural. And oh, that's very kind of you. But no, but it's true. And it made me feel really comfortable. And every single person that goes to her, to Marnie, just says that you start light and you build on that. Yep. So like you go to her and she starts with like, you know, what she thinks is is like nice, but she understands like if you want more, you come back in a week. Exactly. But just so everyone knows, Marnie is who does my lips because every single person asks me about my lips. Well, everyone comes in saying they want Ariel's lips. I'm like, part of that's just her. She's gorgeous. Oh, like, that's like, so nice. Are you kidding me? Like- no. First of all, she every single person on my Instagram asks me about my lips. And this is the person who does them. And yeah. she she always, you know, she started small and I this is what happens with lip injections. You get addicted because the swell <laughs> it swells the first day and you're like, I'm beautiful yeah. with these big lips. And then the next day it just goes down to a normal, you know, a, a normal size where you don't look ridiculous. But then I keep going back and she's like, nope, we're not doing anymore. Nope, we're not doing anymore. <laughs> well, what I love is like it's a journey for me with my patients. Like it's not – I'm not a transactional dermatologist. And I think it's really important for you to have a relationship with who you go to and to trust them and – I think it's more important to do frequent minor tweaks just to look like you, but refreshed than to look like a different person, you know? This is a more top-level question. What what do dermatologists do? How do they help you learn more about your skin and how to care for it? So dermatologists are really in charge of the health of your skin, which is the largest organ of the body. So that encompasses all your moles to make sure they're healthy, that they're not changing, that they're nothing new that's dangerous to you. That includes any rashes on the body. Rashes are usually a form of inflammation in the body. So if it's a virus, it's an infection, if they, God forbid, have cancer, things come out on the skin. You could also have psoriasis. You could have an allergy to things. It's really just putting puzzle pieces together. And then lastly, of course, it's your aesthetics, the skin on your, your how you're looking on the face and the body, yeah. but really the health of it to maintain the health inside. So um, how it looks has become very important to people. And of course, when they feel like they have good skin and healthy skin, it makes them feel healthier inside. Right. So I think it's always a good feeling when people walk around without their, with their face wash and no makeup and being like, I love my skin. It's very empowering. Oh my God, 100%. So how does skincare affect your physical and mental health overall? I think that's a great question. So there actually was a study done by Botox Cosmetic Allergan that people said when they looked happier, like their, their wrinkles were gone, they felt happier. Yeah. And there were these tests that they did based on like their depression scale that it actually improved their mental state. And I think what the biggest thing is, when my patients come in, I don't necessarily say what procedure you have. I say, what bothers you today? Like, I want to understand from the beginning. Right. Do they feel tired? Do they look tired? Do they feel happy but don't look that way? You know, um, do they look angry and they don't feel that way? I want them to look how they feel inside. So I think that's the most that's important nice. thing. And then to really just do subtle, frequent, like frequent minor tweaks, like I said, and well-placed droplets for making those changes to just look like you, but happier, more refreshed or less tired, whatever that is. And feel good about yourself. Exactly. And that's what it's about. It's about feeling good about yourself. It's not about impressing anyone. It's not about looking good for someone else. It's about you feeling yourself and feeling your best. And how does makeup affect our skin? And how can we make sure to keep our skin happy and healthy when we're putting makeup on every single day? I always find that people that use a lot of makeup don't feel like their skin is in good health. So I think it's always first and foremost, taking care of your skin, whether it's acne, rosacea, or just dryness, whatever it is, using, like getting in a good routine. It doesn't mean expensive products. It just means being diligent about cleansing at night, moisturizing, and using whatever you think your particular skin needs. But 
then I think people start using less makeup. But I love makeup. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But you should always be using makeup for your right skin type. If you yeah. don't use, like, if you're acne prone, you, not using oil-free is the biggest mistake. You're just clogging your pores. But if you're older and have dry skin, using something that's too matte isn't going to look good either. So right. I think matching up the makeup to what your skin needs and just highlighting whatever features you want. Like, if you love your lips, wearing a great lipstick makes you feel great, you know? So I think using it to accentuate your best features and making you feel, you know, just that extra, like, zhuzh that you need yeah. to go out and feel good. And what's the proper way to take off makeup? Because – when I wash my face, and I've used many cleansers in my life, and I feel yep. really good about the one I'm using now, but when I wash my face, I use the toner, the um, P50, the yep. Biology, yep. and sure. all this makeup comes off on it. So, like, did the wash take my makeup off or not, the face wash? So, it's a great question also. So, I always recommend, if you do wear makeup, so I like those Neutrogena Blue, the face wipes. But I heard but, wipes are horrible to use. Well, I like those because they're soft and they, they, well, I always say it with this caveat, you must wash your face after. They're just to get off the makeup that's, like, literally on top of your skin. Right. And then right after, use a gentle cleanser in smooth, slow, circular motions. A lot of people use those as like a quickie step instead of washing your face. That's not good. No. Not good at all. Right. Um, but I think to get the thick makeup off, use those. And then I say use whatever cleanser that your skin may need, whether it's glycolic or gentle or moisturizing. What about your – I mean, like, I feel like we're talking so much about the face. But, like, how your bad body. is it to not put moisturizer on your body? That I never am question. so annoyed. The like, best question, It's by the way. So, so annoying to put it on I my body. Know. By the way, it takes an extra, like – 10 minutes. And then you have to dry it before you put the clothes on. It's like the worst. So I have made a pact to myself since I turned 40. I was like, Marn, your legs, you're going to moisturize these. (laughs) My knees. It's so bad. I know. And really, moisturized legs look so much better. They do. Like, they really do. So I decided I'm really going to make an effort. Like, so what I do is I get out of the shower. I literally put the moisturizer on my legs first step. So that when I put my pajamas on at night, it's sort of dry. Right. But it has made my legs feel dramatically different. I got to tell you, they're less dry. They're less flaky. Everyone forgets about their body. Yes. And but the important thing, more than looking good, is that you, when your body, um, your skin on your body is dry, it lets in bacteria, fungus. You can get tears in the skin, inflammation. Is that true? Yeah. So you, it's really just important to keep the skin healthy to keep the epidermal barrier moisturized. Oh so God. it really is important. One of the moisturizers I love for the body, actually. I was going to ask you. There's this amazing one by La Roche-Posay. It's called Lipicar. And it had, it's the best. It has thermal spring water from that town in France. And it has prebiotics in it. So what we've learned in the past couple of years about the skin is that the, the health of the skin, the microbiome, is just like the gut. Everyone's always talking about this gut health. The skin's yep. health is the same. It has tons of bacteria. The more you have, the better because there's good bacteria. But when we over-cleanse and over-moisture um, of our skin, we let bacteria in and get inflammation, infections, and things like that. So this adds back the good bacteria and the food. Um, it gives the good bacteria food to live off and flourish and decreases the bad bacteria. That's wild. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's super important to use um, a great body moisturizer for that reason. And for kids too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Same. So we're learning more and more about the microbiome of the the skin all over the body. And it's fascinating. It really is. What about like the weather and seasons? Like how does that affect our skin? And are there specific moments we should pay attention to? Absolutely. So every season, your skincare should be switched up, not dramatically. Basically, in the winter, you want to use 
products that are heavier, not necessarily increasing like the oil content or things, but if you're using serum, use a lotion. If you use a lotion, use a cream because you're just going to be a little drier. Right. In the summers, you obviously want to go lighter on that. Um, and you may, you know, tone more in the summers due to increased sebum production or oil production, but um, little like minor tweaks here and there, but it's really just to counteract like the balance, the moisturizing effect and the hydration of your skin. Right. For those new to skincare, the amount of products available from day to wear, day wear to night wear and everything in between is very overwhelming. Where can people, where do people start? Like what is the best way to find what works best for them and their skin? Like, are there any brands that you recommend? Yes. There's, First of all, you're right. It's overwhelming. There are so yeah. many new brands. And like how much do we need to care about clean? And like I, there's just so much it's in our heads. It's all good yeah. questions. So the term clean now is being really re-studied because yeah. no one really knows what that means, right? Um, so we, we want certain things not in it, right? Like harsh chemicals and, and things right. like that. But other than that, we don't really know what that term means. So if you're – if you're, you know, I would say look for products that don't have any um, – parabens, things like that. You know, the, the clean list at Sephora is a really good way to start. I think for the skin, there's so many good brands at every price point. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. I think what's yeah. most important is consistency. Start by cleansing morning and night. It's the best thing. Then think about what your skin needs. If you're acne, go towards things like salicylic acid-based products, oil-free products. If you're, you know, more mature skin and need moisture, go towards things that um, are heavier and may have a higher oil content um, and shea butter and things like that. And then somewhere in between, so as you age, so we say cleanse, treat, moisturize. So that's a good stepping stone for like morning and night routines. Cleanse, treatment, moisturize. So whether that treatment's a right. serum with vitamin C in the morning, and I usually start with the vitamin C in the morning and a retinol at night. So those are two things that are really can rapidly improve your skin. So if you cleanse, do a vitamin C in the morning and a moisturize, you're going to feel brighter. You're going to have an antioxidant to combat sun damage. And then at night, the retinol will repair the skin to increase skin cell turnover. So that's like a real starting point. How often should you go to the dermatologist? So absolutely once a year for sure for an annual okay. skin check. More often if you have skin cancer history in your family or personal. Then okay. for your skin's your face, facial health and aesthetics, um, it really depends what you're looking for. I think, you know, if you have a good – if you're looking for a good routine, start, go once, and then I would always love to follow up with my patients like – couple yeah. months later to feel, see if it's working, if it's doing well. Skincare takes time. People always get frustrated. Um, they're like, yeah. I want to see results in a week. It doesn't work like that. So it's usually four to eight weeks to really see changes. So I would never tell, I always tell people to be patient with products because it takes products that long to right. really see. However, if you have an adverse event, stop using it immediately. Right. Of course. Finding a new doctor can be scary for a lot of people. So what are some tips you suggest for those looking to find a dermatologist? So if you go on the internet and look up dermatologists, you will be completely overwhelmed and freak out and not know what to do. Yeah. My best advice is ask your friends that you trust. Ask your friends that have similar priorities to you. And my other um, great tip is if you have a primary doctor you love or any doctor you love, do you know of a good dermatologist that you trust? Right. Who, do you, your, who does your family go to? Um, I always think that's the best way. When you find a doctor's doctor, that's gold. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. No, I do that. All, I did that with my gynecologist. But it's true. If you ask a doctor's doctor, you get – that's how I found Lauren. Right. One of my you friends. know that you He's could there. trust them. Exactly. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the services you offer and how – Yeah. So I do 70% aesthetics, which means injectables, Botox, filler, lasers, peels, hydrofacial, and then also body contouring. So M-Sculpt, we do all sorts of lasers like Fraxel, Clear and Brilliant, right. vascular lasers. 
But then 30% is skin checks and acne. So I'm very passionate about acne. I took Accutane twice in my life. So I know acne and acne scarring. When you fix someone's acne scarring, it changes their life. So that's one of my favorite procedures. And then skin checks, of course, is one of my favorites because you're saving lives and it's super important. So those are basically the three things I focus on. That being said, there's other dermatologists that focus on psoriasis, others that focus on contact dermatitis, things like that. And how has your experience been sharing your expertise and your advice on social media? Like, is it weird for you or has it been? Yes. So I was never, I wasn't quick on the uptake to social. I was never on Facebook. Like I was on it once and I was like, I I was always like a total nerd. So I was like, I read to go to bed. Like I'm not on any, I was not anything. So I was definitely slow on the social media uptake, which I think um, I wish I was earlier. I wish I knew more. I still wish I had more time. Like it's tough when I have two offices and it's really hard because I'm, I'm not at a desk. So I can't, I'm with patients all day. So I can't take out my phone and answer even texts. And like post, yeah. Exactly. So um, I check my emails and texts when I get home at night after my daughter goes to bed. So I'm usually like hours late on that. So, but I've really started getting more into it. I think it's an amazing way to connect with your patients. It's an amazing way. So people get a feel for your philosophy, for what you think is important. Right. And to know if they feel comfortable taking advice from you. And I think it's a great way to connect with people that you wouldn't normally be able to. Right. And I'm obsessed with this new podcast thing that you're doing. I'm like, I, I love so it. It's so fun, right? It's amazing. I'm like, I love the best doing it. Time. It's I love doing it. And I know that so many people, like, I feel like I get so many questions about skincare and injectables. And I don't really, know, I mean, I know what I, I you know what like you and do. I do, right, but I don't exactly. know what the, you know, right answer is for most people. That's why I sort of became specializing as I get older in aesthetics because there, if you really want to be good at it, you got to stay on top of all the literature yeah. and the research and the new techniques. And I think you can't be the best at everything. You just can't. And right. so um, I knew early on that, like, if I was going to be great at psoriasis, I needed to learn all about the biologics. And be. And you know what? It's I'd be doing a disservice to a patient if I said, oh, come to me for that. Because I'm not. I, so you really have to decide, are you going to specialize in something? And if you are, you better be it. the best at it. Yeah. So I've lear- I keep learning by the day all these new things. Right. And so I think it's important to stay on top of the research and what's the latest and greatest. And do you have any top level advice you can give our listeners who want to kick off taking care, better care of their skin? First, figure out what skin type you have. And if you need to, ask a dermatologist, you know, or your primary doctor. Um, But figure out what type of skin and then be consistent with your routine. I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record, but so many people will try something and don't stick with it. Right. And um, unfortunately, skincare is not overnight. Um, right. So it's really just finding what works for your skin type. And I know it's very frustrating because so trying new products, you can get red, you can get inflamed, you can, and especially retinols. Speaking of retinols, we love them, but we hate them. Starting right. them is so hard. Um, so I always recommend start out slow with a low potency for a few weeks, then increase frequency, and then after a few months, increase potency. Right. But I think that once you find something that your skin agrees with, be consistent about it. Now, to, to start you know, the aesthetics of it all – Always find a you know doctor that you feel comfortable with talking to and think about what you want. Don't think right. about what you should look like. Think what bothers you about your own skin. Right. They, like you should say, what bothers you? And there may be an easier fix. There may be a, a – usually what I find is it's that it's multiple things that work synergistically to create a rejuvenated person. Right. So you might be two or three easy things to do that day. 
I always find that a long-term plan, it's a journey, not not a, a one-time a transaction. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I think <laughs> that's marathon, what it is. marathon, not a sprint. Marathon, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So especially your face and your skin. So, right. um, and as we age, things happen faster, but we're going to stay on top of that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you'll see that you need more frequent uh, visits as, as we get older. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. How can our audience keep up with you? Like, where do they follow you? Where's your office? How can they get in touch with you? So I have two offices, uh, one in Manhattan. That's my primary location, which is 69th Street between Park and Madison. Thank you. Then I have East Hampton location where I work with Mitchell. <laughs> um, and um, then, so it's drmarnienasbaum.com. You can get my products on that site also and then see what I do. Um, my Instagram handle is drmarnienasbaum. And I'm happy. I check all my DMs at night. Every single best. one, I get back to them personally. Oh, no, no, you are seriously. the best. And I mean, I think you're amazing because you've just made everything approachable I to so you. many women and you're empowering women everywhere and I think it's you're such really we're lucky like you're inspiring women everywhere and we're lucky to have someone that's helping us all through this journey of life so thank you thank you so much seriously I'm and I'm so excited to see you next week and thank you to all the listeners out there please come back for more as we welcome some new guests to the podcast you can reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on next just dm us on instagram at something navy and we'll see you next week That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at Something Navy. See you next week.